and welcome to episode seven of the Up and Down Under podcast, an NBA podcast brought to you by three very average basketballers from Australia. I'm your host, Curtis, and joining me as always is our Raptors aficionado, James. Fellas, less than a week till basketball is back. Here we go, baby. <laughs> and of course, our certified Nick Young, aka Swaggy P Stan, Joey. Yo, what's up, boys? Let's go. Very excited. Um, just like we've been doing for the last few episodes, we're going to kick it off with another Trevor Reza game. I think been a bit of a fan favorite and it's a lot of fun and a bit of stress for us as well to, to kick it off with um i'm going to hand over to joey who's going to be taking over hosting for that one off you go man all right so hopefully i don't uh, stress you boys out too much so um this is the best of five again so um let's start so the first player is uh he was the number six pick in 2003 to the clippers buzz this came in Yep. Oh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> Mate, no, it's just the draft class. Like, it's just yeah, my fault. Nah. If, if, if I don't know the draft class... I had, like, a lot more clips, but Curtis has already I'm got sorry, it. I had to just... I had to jump in. I know I know. Chris came in went six. I would he went never before. have that, I don't think. I know who he is, but I just would never have... Yeah, no. Nah. The Heat the heat were tossing up between him and, and Dwayne Wade, and they went with Dwayne Wade. Lucky for them, hey? <laughs> All right. Sorry. All right. To, yeah. So, this is up 1-0 one, one very quickly. Um... So the second player, should I start with the draft class again? Um, <laughs> do what you want, do what you want. Okay, I'm going to start with it. Hopefully you don't know 2014. It depends on the year, I think, to be yeah. honest. He was drafted 24th in 2014 to the Charlotte Bobcats and then traded um, to Miami on draft day. So he spent one year in Miami and then was traded to Orlando where he spent two seasons. Then after that, that, so that takes us to 2016. Then after that, he went to Portland from 2016 to 2018. Um, he is a point guard, and he averages roughly five points for his whole career. So he's very much a bench warmer or like a bench player. So wait, so, so drafted by the Bobcats, twenty fourth in twenty fourteen. Yep. Went to was traded to was that Miami Miami yep. first. Traded to Miami on draft day, so he never played for Charlotte. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then Orlando, I went to Orlando and then Portland and then after Portland, he went to the Brooklyn Nets from twenty eighteen to twenty twenty. How tall is this guy? I'm blanking. So he's six foot. So he's pretty small. So anyway, he didn't end there. Um, twenty nineteen to twenty, he played for the Minnesota Timberwolves for one season, and then oh, Buzz. Wait, Buzz, Buzz. Okay, oh, sorry, no, I'm I'm on a right here. I've, I'm going to say Shabazz Napier, but it's not here. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I is? was gonna say that I thought it was too. I thought it was too early, like drafted too early. Damn. Oh, did he play for the Magic? He did, for one season. Oh, okay. All right. Well, sorry, yeah. James. No, no, it's fair. I feel, I feel a bit demoralizing. Like, oh, I don't think it's him, but it's him. Were well, you gonna say Shabazz? Yeah. I was gonna say that too, but I I thought he was drafted more recently than 2014 for some reason. Yeah, fair. I don't know. 
That was the year because LeBron wanted to draft him and then he left like before I even played with him. That was the whole thing. Like LeBron was like in the yeah, draft. Like, oh, get me Shabazz Napier. He's a winner. And then and then he signs with the Cavs like straight away. <laughs> All right. So that's a 2-1, 2-0 lead to Curtis at the moment. Um, so let's move on to player three. Uh, this player was the 13th pick in the 2006 NBA draft. Um, drafted to Philadelphia 76ers and then immediately traded to Chicago where he spent uh, four seasons in Chicago from 06 to 08 and then through that season he was traded to OKC where he played six seasons. Um, During those six seasons he was the starting shooting guard for the Thunder. Oh, Buzz. That's Cephalosha. Yep. I'm getting cooked again. Man. Well done. I keep thinking I get good players. And then Curtis, you just No, get... mate. No, he no, just knows these, them. These are, these are really good players. That I just... Yeah. Well, because when you said starting shooting guard, I just remembered he's the starting shooting guard. Yeah. He said he plays in Air Max 90s. I would have been all over it. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> Don't yeah. know how he does that. All right. Well... That's 3-0 Curtis at the moment. So let's move on to the last two. Um, <clears throat> player four, drafted 2003 to the Wizards, second round, so 38th overall. Um, he spent 13 years in the league and only averaged 10-plus points once. He is a 6-3 point guard. He's, uh, I'll go through the teams that he played on. So, or which team was he drafted to again? Wizards. Uh, Washington. Okay. So, 03, drafted to Washington, um, spent two seasons there, and then he was traded to Portland, where he played two seasons there from 05 to 07. And then he was traded to Milwaukee um, for the during the 06 07 season, and then um, traded again that season to Denver um, in the 06-07 season. And then I think he was, yeah, he was traded again back to Portland where he spent four years there from 07 to the 2010 season. This is a point guard, yeah? This is a point guard, 6-3. So... Um, <laughs> during the 9-10 he was then traded again to the Clippers um, played this is uh, during the 0-9-10 season yep and then geez he's actually been on a lot of teams um, he then oh, I'm not sure if he was signed or traded to the Lakers but he played for the Lakers in 2010 through to 2014 Buzz? Is this Steve Blake? It is Steve Blake. Oh, that's well done. That's, that's yeah. pretty good from you, Curtis. They know it's, it's, he's, a Lake, he's a Lakers player. He's a Lakers player that came back. Nah, I remember him. I did not like associate him with the Wizards whatsoever. Yeah, as I soon as I said Wizards, I was just I was off. Who? What team was he on before the Lakers? Did you say? Um, he spent a year at the Clippers. Oh. Well, did he ever play 20, for? He played twenty nine games for them. So. Did you ever play for? I think. Did you ever play for Utah? 
No. Or someone? No? Oh, shit. Okay. Well, I can't remember. Lakers, Golden State, Portland, and then Detroit. Portland, yeah. Portland's the one. And then he also went to the Sydney Kings here in uh, the NBL. Oh, bossing it. Bossing it down down under. <laughs> I was going to chuck it in, but didn't get to it. Oh, no, it wouldn't have helped me whatsoever. <laughs> I, think I, that's, I, that, I, I associate him a little bit with the Kings, just I mean, just because I remember that. So, I, actually, if we got there, I might have had a chance, but yeah. not five out. James, you might, have, you might have a chance here, mate, to get, get one back. Uh, final play here. So, if, if, if one of your boys gets this, I'll, I'll be pretty impressed. <laughs> it's worth four points. <laughs> we could make it that um okay so he was drafted to the bulls 45th overall and traded to the raptors on draft day that is in 2003 uh 2004 sorry he played for the raptors um for two seasons and he's the only rookie in raptors history to play all 82 games only rookie um then, after 2006, um, he was traded to San Antonio and played 10 years there. He was in the... Oh, he's a two-time champion. But what position does he play? Uh, I'll get to that. Oh, <laughs> okay. um, He's a 41% career shooter from three, power forward. Oh, is this um, Buzz? Is this Matt Bonner? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> the Red, red Rocket. Yeah, the, the Red, red Rocket. Red Rocket. Is it Red Mamba? Pun? Is he Red, red Mamba? Mamba? Yeah, Red Mamba. I think it is Red Mamba. I thought uh, it was Red Rocket. Isn't Red Mamba? He has like three nicknames. Yeah, Red Rocket, Red Hair, Red Mamba. Oh, he's got all, oh, he's got all the market. I see, I see. Interesting fact, the, uh, the Spurs players retired his flannel shirt in 2017. So... <laughs> Bit of a cult hero there. Nice. All right. Well, yeah, that that was up. a good level of obscurity. No, that was that was brush up on my mid two thousands drafts. Long day for James. He's had a long no. day. <laughs> I think it's just more more an indicator of how much like a how much, the stupid amount of two K I played from like twenty eleven to like twenty fourteen. That's just all this is really. Um, but yeah, all right. That was an awesome awesome Trevor's game, and we'll be Cheers, back Joe. in a sec. So for the very first team of the Pacific Division, we're going to kick it off with the Phoenix Suns. For the Suns, I've got them ranked third as the third best team in the West, um, with the Warriors above them at two and the Denver Nuggets below them at four, even though I think it's very, very flexible. Logically, they probably should be second, but I just we'll get to the Warriors a bit later, but um, I have them a bit higher. Um, in terms of players they've added, they've brought in Landry Shamet, uh, JaVale McGee and Alfred Payton, and they've lost Javon Carter and Torrey Craig from their rotation. Uh, Joey? What do you think about the Suns this year? So on the Suns, I reckon they're going to be a pretty good team again. Um, I have them finishing second in the regular season with Utah first and the Lakers third. Um, obviously, they don't really have any like major notable additions or subtractions to the team. Um, so I guess that just means it's another year for the um, team to gel, younger players to blossom a bit more. Um, I can see like breakout candidates possibly being players like Cam Johnson, Mikel Bridges, um, campaign if he gets like a bigger role more minutes and then I guess like one thing I'd like to see is DeAndre Aiden asserting himself as a dominant paint defender and um, 
taking a step up in the offense as well. Because I think yeah. that opportunity is there for him. And, like, they don't really have, like, a starter-worthy start center behind him or anything. So it's really just, like, all his to go for. I'm, I'm going to stand up for JaVal McGee here. I think <laughs> JaVal McGee is a, is a quality, quality player in the NBA. Quality. I do think he feels a big need for them as well. Because, like, as we saw in the playoffs, like, their big thing was whenever, um, you know, they came up against, like, a team with, like, a Jokic. And even, like, in the first round against um, the Lakers, I guess not even in the regular season. Sorry, not only in the playoffs, but the regular season as well. Like, they had no depth behind Aiden. Like, they were playing, like, yeah. Sarich minutes, and then he got injured. Kaminsky. Um, <laughs> yeah, and they were playing, like, like exactly Frank in the, the final. Was it in the finals that they played Kaminsky? It was, like, it was in a desperation situation. Yeah. Yeah, it was just, like... Completely unexpected, but to have Jabal there, and you know, Jabal's a very limited player in a sense. But it's but whatever he does, he does well. Mm. Like he's there for one reason, and that's to catch lobs and to play vertical defense and to yeah, be. Yeah, and like, if he gets minutes with Chris Paul, I'm sure he'll get yeah. some lot of opportunities and he'll find him in the right spots. Yeah, and and I think just as like you know, it'll be such a relief for like Monty Williams, for them and the coaching staff, just to be like, whenever Aiton gets in foul trouble, now we've actually got a genuine center behind him because i mean they drafted um jalen smith last year with a 10th pick but he's really um amounted to very little so far but you know it could just be a developmental curve thing that takes some time but um, i'm not sure but he just well he just didn't play yeah Yeah. um james what do you reckon uh similar to what joe said i think it's kind of if it ain't broke don't fix it i mean you know they've got the same core running it back chris paul signed on i think i you know, like, and we'll get to this later in our sort of ceiling and, and floor, but I do think they benefited from injuries last year to get to the finals, but, like, that's the game. You know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So running the same callback if every other team's healthy doesn't necessarily guarantee the same level of success. But I think, like, I have them first in, in the West just because I think they know what they're doing. It's just going to be, you know, pretty – they'll just run out the same thing they did last year and just rack up those wins. They don't have to have necessarily the same chemistry – um, issues that the Lakers might find themselves with. I don't. You know, I think the Lakers are better, but you know what I mean. Like, they don't have to have those issues because yeah. the team's set. So yeah, it's just a matter of if those guys can take the next step. Like Booker's, Booker could go the kind of go either way, given that he had the Olympic experience, because you know that can mean that he comes back better, uh, more well-rounded player, or he you know is a bit tired from the shorter off-season. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but they haven't really got any other in, any many injuries other than Saric. So like. You know, they've pretty much got a full roster ready to go. So I think that they'll be fine regular season-wise. I think um, something I want to touch on that you mentioned just then is, like, how they kind of caught some breaks in terms of, like, the injuries, um, like, leading them into getting to the finals, finals in a way. Like, mm. You know, the way, um, like, Jamal Murray was out for the Nuggets and, like, obviously AD and LeBron were a bit hobbled as well, um, which definitely made their path a little bit easier. Um, but I think in a sense as well, I think they've almost become a bit underrated, which is weird for me to say because I've got them ranked as the third best team and, like, personally, I've got the Warriors above them, even though the Suns, like, with all things considered, they are probably going to be a better team than the Warriors. But it's it's almost like part of, you know, going through that, like, injury fluke kind of season, especially in the playoffs. I think, James, you can probably, like, relate to this as well with the Raptors in 2019 because you, you guys caught a lot of flack for, you know, having, like, an injury luck um, kind of um, playoff run. Yeah. It just means that you don't get as much credit. And now I think people look at the Suns, you know, not in the same ways they do the Lakers and even like. I mean, the just on that me. on that point, while we're on that topic, Suns had more luck than than we did because they had someone injured every round. We had to go through full strength Bucks, full strength Philly, 
And then everyone said we were going to lose to K- to the Warriors when without KD before the season started, as the series started. So, you know, if we're on that topic, I have to make that point. He's very passionate but, about this. Um, I've just seen too much, too much uh, slander. But yeah, no, I do agree. And you can't like not run it back because of that. Like you got to, yeah. if, if it's success, it's success. You never know what can happen. Like you get, you play the regular season to get yourself to that point. So you give yourself the best chance possible. And you know, what happens, happens. I wouldn't be surprised if they're back in the conference finals. Like, and like you said, I think they have become a little bit underrated just simply because there's so many good teams, you know, yeah. like, and, and we don't really know what's going to happen. So, yeah, that's a good point. I think another thing to consider is that um, in terms of, like, experience, you know, this team prior to that, to last year, like, didn't have much playoff experience. But I guess adding Chris Paul just, you know, and, like, Jay Crowder, like, those types, even now JaVale, like, that carries, you know, in the locker room, they've, they've got this extra, um, all these vets, this experience. And now I think, um, I guess it's a bit of a weird, darker point, but it's like, like, you go through hell together, you make it to the finals, and then you lose. Like, it's always heartbreaking when you lose in the finals. I feel like this team's going to be even better because they're going to be motivated by pain. Like, that is yeah, such a th- It's, like, such fire. a thing. It's such a thing when you lose. Like, like you remember, like, the 2013 Spurs coming back in 2014. Like, they're on a mission. And, like, it's it, you, when you when you lose in a heartbreaking fashion. And, like, there was that video of Devin Booker at the end of game um, six when he's, like, looking up in the rafters and he's going, like, damn. Like, it's... It's that kind of mindset where they're going to come back and they're going to be so on top of the ball. Like, and, and the only thing that is going to hold them back, in my opinion, is Chris Paul's health. Like, mm-hmm. for me, that's the big one. Like, can he sustain it through the year and then into the playoffs? Because, like, he nearly did it this year. Like, he was so close to having, like, a, essentially an injury-free season. Then the first round, he gets his shoulder injury. In the finals, I think there was, like, a hand ligament situation going on. Like, he was definitely, like, not playing at 100%. 100%. So, like properly resting him through the season is going to be so huge, I think. And um, campaign stepping up. And I guess that's going to lead into my first question for you guys. Um, Is campaign for real? Or is he going to be another, like, Tyler Hero kind of situation where he pops off for a little bit in the playoffs and then disappears? Is he for real? I think I think he's for real. Like, but I think he didn't necessarily carry the same load that Hero did in those games, I don't think, because it wasn't always necessarily scoring. Like he had the big scoring games, but mm-hmm. he was setting people up. I think he impacted the game a bit more than Hero did because Hero is mainly just a scorer. But I do think there is some level of expectation, and especially if Chris Paul goes down, like you say, for an extended period of time, could happen. You know, um, he'll get a lot more opportunity much earlier than than the playoffs. So I think I think he doesn't have to do that much to 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 you know, say that he's worth it or that he's he's solidified his spot because he's bounced yeah. around a little bit and been a bit yeah. disappointing. And I think all he has to do is just run the bench unit. That's all he has to do. And, like, mm. he surely can do that. So, I mean, it. I think when you perform at that level, you know, that consistently when he did, you know, I think he's real, to be honest, in front of the crowd as well. Like, this isn't a bubble situation. So, yeah. yeah. What do you think, Joey? Um, I can't say I'm bought into the fact that you think he's for real at the moment. Um, he's had too many letdowns for me to to put him in that category. But I wouldn't be surprised if he did, like, pop off again. Like, you know, we get playoff pain or something. Playoff pain. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, one of those players. players that just doesn't, like, he doesn't turn into anything in the regular season, but he can still have those impact minutes um, come playoff time. So, yeah, okay. Um, I guess another question I have is, 
Um, talking about like Mikael Bridges, right? He's shown himself to be, you know, a very good defender. Not particularly like strong, but he's got the length. He's really, really quick. Um, and hopefully, I'm sure you know he'll continue to bulk up and put in that work in the weight room and all that. Um, got a good three point shot. He is incredibly efficient. You know, as in like he shoots well from the field. Like everything he does is smart. Like he makes the right pass. He doesn't take unnecessary shots. You know, I, I think he like hovers around that 40% mark from three. I'm, I don't know the exact number. And like he shoots like 50% from the field um, and like, you know, 85% from the line. Like as in it's all around those like very efficient numbers. Um, I've heard this comp before, like in terms of his potential. What do you guys think of him as like a Chris Middleton type? I, I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, he, he's shown like glimpses of like being a really good solid player. And he's one of those players that lets the game come to him and then makes the right decision based off that. So, yeah, once again, I think he's in for a huge year this year. Yeah. Um, he hates um, the term 3 and D. He hates that term so much because he sees himself as so much more than as like he, – he's not that, like, you know, two-dimensional in terms of he just does two things. He just doesn't just shoot threes and play defense. He sees himself as somebody, you know, who can attack the rim. I've got where he said this. It was like maybe in an interview or something. But yeah, he sees him, himself as someone who can attack the rim, who can get to those like, you know, mid-range pull-ups. And I think you could see that a bit in the finals where there'd be occasional possessions where there'd be like 10 seconds on the clock and he'd like semi-bail them out with just like a nifty, like a smart move. Just like not nothing too fancy, but it would just be like, you know, a quick turnaround jumper, just like from the short corner or something like that. And it would just be money. Um, I, I think he's going to get really good. I, I Like him and Aiden, I'm like... That's probably why I should have the Suns a bit higher, but I just don't because of, you know, the Warriors, and I'll get to that later. But, yeah. What, yeah, what, what do you reckon, James? I'm with you there. He, he he made the right read every single time, like whether it was like the extra pass or, you know, he knew he needed to take the shot or attack a closeout. Like he, he is much more on 3 and D, but that, like, you know, he does those things really well. It's not a bad thing that people might necessarily pencil him in as that because it's still pretty hard to do those things at a consistent level. But, yeah, he's got, like, his ceiling's way higher than that. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he takes another step because he he just looks so mature for someone that hasn't been in the league that long. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I think that there's a lot of potential there, and you know he's got as much trust already as anyone can really have. He was getting started. He started a lot of games, didn't he? Really last year. I didn't oh, watch no, that. He started essentially every game. Yeah, yeah. he was so, the main starter. Yeah. Um, brilliant. Uh, do we let's, let's move on to the players to add? Um, Joey, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, so my play to add, pretty. I, I'm pretty sure it's like unrealistic at this point, but I put in John Collins just to give them like another four spot and versatility to go small ball. Um, yeah, yeah, nothing. I've too. gone. Yeah, I've gone exactly down that same path, but I've gone for Siakam instead, um, just because I think he's a better version of whatever Jay Crowder offers in terms of you know, Siakam once he gets his stroke going and his confidence going, he's a good shooter. Um, he's a very versatile defender. Yeah, exactly. He's, yeah. James, for those listening, just crossed his fingers, and we, you know, empathise with that. Fingers crossed for for Pascal. We need you. Um, he, yeah, he's a good shooter when he when he's in rhythm um, and confident. He's a great versatile defender. Uh, makes smart passes. Um, you know, decent post game as well, and just better than Jay Crowder. So yeah, I'd love that for them. That's their one spot that they're missing really. We did not rehearse this. I've also gone for a power forward. I've said that they could use someone like Aaron Gordon, a bit of playmaking, a bit of scoring, like a bit more athleticism. Obviously not as good as the other two, but um, <laughs> gives them a little bit of that sort of punch at the, at the four spots that they, that they might need. So, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. 
Um, are we sure that Aaron Gordon isn't better than Pascal Siakam, James? Yeah. He's insulted. <laughs> no, no. I was just trying to get you. I was trying to get you right. You, you're very composed right now. Come well on done. now. <laughs> it's not we're not we're not reviewing uh the Raptors division yet, but when we get there, you'll get you'll get some hot takes. Don't worry. Okay, no worries. you'll get your hot takes. All right, ceiling and basement. I've got them hitting the NBA finals again and as the basement a second round exit. I think, you know, they've got a pretty high ceiling and basement. They're getting they're getting somewhere regardless. Yeah, I'm similar. I got um ceiling will be finals again. We've seen them do it. There's, you know, no real reason. Even if teams don't get injured, they've got the talent. You know, they could, they've got the experience. They could outplay some teams. Um, floor, horrible season. You know, like CP3 gets injured. The other, the the young guys don't really take a step forward and kind of regress because we've seen that happen as well, where guys take leaps and then you expect them to take another leap and they don't. Um, so it could be first or second round exit. So, um, yeah, but I, I expect them to do well again. There's sort of no real reason that they shouldn't. Yeah, I reckon you guys are on the money. Pretty much agree with you guys. Um, obviously, I have like the Lakers as like the favorites coming out of the West, but let's just say like something doesn't like so they don't gel or something happens with them. Um, I think that just blows the West like completely wide open. And there's like you know four teams, four like yeah four teams that could like really just push and get to the finals, um, if that door's um, open to them. Brilliant. All right, let's move on to the Clippers. Um, the LA Clippers, I have them ranked seventh as the, as the seventh best team in the West. Um, so, you know, this is taking into account the fact that Kawhi is injured right now. Um, in terms of who they've brought in, they brought in Alec, uh, Eric Bledsoe, sorry, um, Harry Giles III, Justice Winslow, plus a bunch of rookies, including um, Brandon Boston and Jason Preston. And they've lost Pat Beverly and Rajon Rondo. Uh, I'm going to hand off to James. What are your thoughts on the Clippers this year? Okay, now this... This is going to be a bit strange. I actually have them on my standings. Uh, the more I've reviewed it, and I've changed this a bit, like the more preparation we've done for our discussions, I've actually got them at eighth, um, which is very low considering where they finished. I've got them below Dallas and just above the Grizzlies. But I think um, the Kawhi injury is really going to hurt them, depending on when he comes back. Um, I think Serge is out indefinitely at the moment. I was, he's only doing um, non-contact at training. Uh, and he's had a back injury, so you sort of don't really want to rush that sort of stuff. Um, I don't know if Bledsoe or Winslow really moved, moves the needle. I watched a lot of Grizzlies last year. Winslow was very bad, like shot like incredibly bad from from the field. Um, and Bledsoe hasn't really had much impact in a while since he left the Bucks. Again, could turn it around. Um, Might have just been lack of motivation where he was. Um, but I just don't think the team's necessarily any better. And I think a lot of the other West teams did get better, um, especially like the Warriors sort of, retooling and clay should be back um i just think and they're not even like giving luke canard the minutes even though they're paying the money um so they i think i just i'm really low on the clippers i just don't think that and you know like man stepped up last year but can he play like i have a similar discussion to the campaign thing before can man play at that level every game like i don't think so like i no, don't think so you guys don't think so no, no I, I don't, I, i'm actually like semi high on terrence man as I don't an, think I, he can be better than what he was, and I don't think he can play at that level every every game for a season. So yeah, he'll get the opportunity um, yeah. with Kawhi being out. Um, but that's where I, I know that's a bit strange, and definitely not. And then nothing like this isn't just like annoyance at Kawhi and Serge for leaving. I promise <laughs> you, um, considering they're not even they're not even playing. So um, yeah, I, I'm pretty low on the Clippers to be honest. Um, and I think that they'll have chemistry issues as well when Kawhi gets back. 
if people have sort of solidified their spots. So, yeah, that, that's my reasoning. What do you guys think? Yeah, so, I mean, I actually agree with you, James. I have them at eighth as well. I think they're in for a ter- like a very down year. And um, I don't really understand who they're second. to the rest of their history. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't really bang, understand bang. who's going to step up to be their second best player on this team. Um, I don't know if you guys Terrence have man. a player I'm in mind. Boys. No. Man. <laughs> this is yeah, an H1 more situation. No, it's um, not, but... <laughs> The only way they're going to be like a semi-decent team is if Paul George like produces some like MVP type form. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Sam, the West is just too good. Like, it's just too good. I think that yeah, they're in trouble. Right, I'm actually going to like note this down. I do think Terrence Mann is going to have a very as as the listeners have probably noticed with my incessant Terrence Mann hype. I do think he's going to be really good this year. Um. Like he won't be consistent, that's for sure. Like he's still so young, and it's going to be like a very much a work in progress. But I, I have him, um, like in a step, like you were alluding to before. You were saying like, is he similar to that campaign situation? I have him like a tier above that, I guess, in terms of like what I think he is and what I think he can be. Um, he's younger. Like, like he's got more time. Like Pan's Pan's yeah. in the league for five or so, six or so years now. But like there were actual like flashes with Terrence Mann in terms of just like. I don't know. I'm just remembering plays from him, you know, just getting to the hoop, like creating his own shot. Um, yeah. So like, I don't think he'll, you know, average like 25 a game this year, nothing crazy like that, but I could see him at like that 18 mark, like 17 mark. No, I, I, don't, shaking think his head. Uh-huh. I don't think he's trash. I'm not saying he's trash. Like I'm not saying no, no, I don't think think like, either. The, the level that he would need to play at for them to be a high seed. I don't think he will play. At. Oh that's, no, that's sorry. I don't like, think he's going to be. I think, yeah, as I said, I think they're the seventh best team. I think they're going to be pretty average compared yeah. to you know their previous expectations. But I do think there's space for him to have a really big role yep. without why there. Because who else yeah. is going to score points? Reggie like, Jackson. <laughs> yeah, like no, Reggie Jackson is good. Like that's fair. So Reggie Jackson's probably their second best player. I think. And then so. it's like it's like what a time. <laughs> it's like Terrence Mann, like Zubach, Bledsoe. Like, yeah. Um, I guess, I guess, okay, well, let's talk about Bledsoe, because um, I think the thing with Bledsoe, right, he seems like the kind of player that thrives and perishes based on, one, his, like, his personal mentality, and two, like, the situation of the team around him. Like, you saw, um, you know, I guess early on in his career, he's, like, a hungry young player, blah, 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 like, does reasonably well with the Clippers, um, and then, like, he went to the, um, where'd he go? The Suns. He went to the Suns for a bit. Right, and he played reasonably well while they were kind of like hunting to be uh, like a you know fringe playoff team and all that. And then as soon as they had like the triple point guards, and he like kind of you know when things weren't like really going his way, he gets a bit like a bit shitty, and he requests a trade. Ends up at the Bucks, like plays well, like pretty motivated because, well, funny enough, the Bucks are a good team. And then last year he goes to the Pels. Pels are a team with you know high expectations, high hopes, but overall like a relatively shitty team. Yeah. Plus, he doesn't fit the timeline too. Yeah. Like, if they yeah. exploded, they, they, he's going to get. He would have got dealt anyway. Yeah, so. exactly. So he immediately just turns to shit again. Like he was on my fantasy team, and he was the bane of my existence for eight months. <laughs> like it was a joke. Like he, I went in. I was like, oh, I think I got him like in the seventh round or something. I was like, oh, here we go. Like he's a bloke who could get me like five assists a game and just like average, I don't know, like twelve points, thirteen points. And he was appalling. Like he like regularly shot like twenty percent from the field. Yeah. Um, and like showed and like watching him play, he showed like no motivation to do anything. But 
you know, maybe being in a team, even though the Clippers are obviously going to have a down year without Kawhi, maybe it's that situation where it's like he knows he's once again on a winning team and he needs to prove himself. But could, like you could see him kind of kick it into gear again where, you know, he's got the motivation now, he's got the effort, and it really kind of shows once again. I don't know if that's going to be the case, um, but I guess for his sake, I hope so. Because I don't think he's a bad player. I just think he just has been presented too many times with a role that's too big for his skill set. Mm. That's where I land on him. Yeah, that's fair. I think, yeah, he lacks that self-motivation sometimes. You can see it. Like, he's just not engaged. So whether or not this means he will be engaged, if if the Clippers start to do worse and he has to pick it up, pick up the slack, I don't know whether the, he'll want to do that. So we'll have to see. Yeah. Um, I guess one of the other things we want to touch on is this is going to be a huge season for Paul George. Yeah. It's not like a make or break in that sense, but it's more like if you're still that guy. Remember last year, there were some quotes about him where he was saying like, oh, yeah, in my MVP season, like I was doing this and this and this. And then everyone was just like, man, you didn't have an MVP season. You had an MVP like con- um, top conversation. Like he season. was top three, top four that season. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's, you know, that's not the same as having an MVP season. Yeah. An MVP season means you win the MVP. <laughs> so, but I think if he's, I think he still has it, and maybe we can see that kind of performance from him this year. Like, I don't think he'll actually win MVP, but like, you could see him averaging like a twenty-six, seven, and seven. Yeah, because there's no one else to to do the stuff he does. Um, he, he has to be big, especially to yeah. put them in a position where when Kawhi comes back, like they're ready to go. Because if he doesn't step up, and hundred and Kawhi isn't hundred percent when he returns, like it could be disaster for them. To be honest, which. Like I know you guys are Lakers fans, so you like loving it. But they had a real shot last year before Kawhi got injured, like a real shot. I reckon. Yeah, that was and the first up. time in in like Lakers Clippers history, or oh, since I've been watching the NBA. You would have been nervous. I was you, you genuinely sh- like shitting myself. I was like, oh my god, they're gonna they're gonna do it. They're gonna make it all the way. And then Kawhi gets injured, and obviously that just goes out the window. But like, and you know, of course we don't actually like want people to get injured. That's not my intention here whatsoever to say that. But it's yeah. like. As it happened, he happened to get injured, and I was and I did you know breathe a sigh of relief in terms of the Clippers not being able to make it to the finals. Um, but yeah, once again, not wishing injury on anyone, of course. Um, but we yeah. ain't about that on this podcast. No, no. Um, but yeah, that was the closest by far that they've ever come. Like in those Blake Griffin, Chris Paul years, there was always like something wrong. You were kind of like, ah, oh, they're not gonna, they're not gonna do it. Like something, something's off. Um, but this time. Like, Kawhi was in a zone. He was rolling. George, Paul George was turning into the real playoff P, like, <laughs> whatever he thought he was meant to be. Um, you know, Reggie Reggie Jackson was playing like an all-star. Mm. That was crazy. He was, oh, I, don't, I, I was terrified. But, yeah, you know, that's how it turned out. They clipped in the end, unfortunately. unfortunately. I mean, he got, in, he got injured, but, like, still, yeah. there was some clipped moments. Yeah. Okay. Players to add to the Clippers. James? Uh, have not gone realistic here, but I think it would be fun. I think Embiid would be really good on this team because he gives him rim protection. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, get... <laughs> Sorry, what? I mean, we're adding Dwight Howard to teams last week. Uh, no, no, that's true. But as in Dwight Howard's it, unrealistic because I because 2010 Dwight Howard doesn't exist anymore. But no, okay, so no, go, go on. So, yeah, go no, on. I know, I know. I'm just having fun with it because I don't, like, I just, they're, they're capped out. They can't really add anyone anyway. But I think Embiid would be fun on this team, gets to play with a shooting wing, and he'd give them the room protection that they need. So, yeah, I think it'd be fun. He'd fit really well. He would. Yeah. Joey? 
Uh, my player is to bring back Lou Williams. I mean, once again, I've already said him for a few teams. I think they could just use him again. Um, if they're not going to play Luke Kennard that that role, then like I don't know who who they're playing um, to come off the bench and provide the spark. It's definitely a weird one with Luke Kennard as well. Like why? I sorry, I guess to go back away from the players to add for a second, I don't understand why they haven't played him. Like they signed for to a bad contract last year. It doesn't like, make any million, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't the same as Mark as Marcus Morris's contract. Like essentially, it was about the same amount of money. Four years, sixty four million. What the hell? He, he, he plays like 24 minutes a game or something. I don't understand. Yeah, he's, a, he's, he's a good shooter. Like, obviously, he's not like a flawless player, but if you're paying him that much money and you're committing it before he'd played a game, you'd assume they would really like him and actually play him, but they didn't. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe he plays a lot more this year. I kind of hope he does because it's always weird when things like that happen and then it like hurts his value and his perception as well. And I think you know he's a decent player. Like He doesn't deserve that. Whatsoever. Yeah, it's not like they're stacked at shooting guard either. Like it's not like he can't crack the rotation or something like that. There's definitely situations where they could have seen him playing last year. Yeah. They didn't. Um, my player to add is I think their biggest position of need is a genuine point guard. Despite me kind of hoping that Eric Bledsoe would do well, as I mentioned before, I don't think he's going to be like their difference maker. I would love to see like a Malcolm Brogdon um, on this team because I think with them, right? Whenever like, in the first year, the whole deal was like, oh, why is Kawhi running point guard for this team? They have no creation. They've got, like, no actual point guard. Then they brought in Rondo because, like, well, yeah, sorry. Pat Bev is not a, you know, a facilitator. That's not his skill set. They brought in Rondo this year specifically because they were desperate for a point guard. And, you know, he helped a little bit. Um, but, you know, he's also, like, 35 years old. Um, so if you bring in someone like a Malcolm Brogdon, um, whose, I guess, value is like, not super high right now, um, it's Okay. Um, and I've also got Darren Fox here as a more unrealistic option. But um, I think they need someone who can actually, like, run an offense so that Kawhi can, like, you know who they actually need? <laughs> James, they need Carl Lowry. That's who they need. And they need the whole 2019 squad, I'll tell you what. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's kind of where I stand um, on who they should add. I think that's just their biggest weakness. It's, it's similar to the Mavs as well, where, like, they need Mavs need a secondary creator, the Clippers need a secondary creator. Um, moving on to ceiling and basements. What do you guys reckon? Um, so ceiling, I have them second round. That's like Kawhi comes back. He might not be 100%. And I don't, yeah, look, I, I'm not very high on them at all. Yeah. And then like ceiling wise, I was going to touch on this before. Like, I think they actually have like, well, it's pretty clear that they have like a massive culture problem. Um, Like they've just, it's, I don't know what it is. It's just kind of like, they seem to just be like individuals and then like, they just rely on, like, straight talent to, like, get them through the season, through games. They don't really have these, like, they're not known at all for, like, having, like, chemistry off the court and stuff like that. Um, I think that could really, like, derail their season. And uh, so that's why my basement is 10th. It's a terrible year. That's fair. I-, I get what you mean. Last year, I think it was late in that second round, it was the first time I've seen, like, that Clippers team, like, give a shit. Like... Excuse yeah. language, but like you know, like really care. They just, none of those guys, especially Paul George, he he acts kind of like too too cool for school. Like he doesn't care. It's like mate, like this is the time to like care. Like you know, you really want to make sure that you win these games and you know try and get a championship. And they showed it. Like especially Terrence Mann, he showed a lot of passion and heart out there. And even Reggie Jackson too. Like like Reggie Jackson's been very inconsistent, but he was like you know it was kind of good to see him have his moment. And 
Uh, I know you guys, as Lakers fans, probably not. But, like, you know, I'm neutral and I thought it was kind of cool. But, yeah. you know, they, they, that's something that they haven't had. And I think if they don't bring it this year and, you know, because, like, players got paid, Kawhi's not there, less motivation, I can see it totally being everyone is playing for themselves again, which is what it used to be. Uh, so I've got chemistry's high when Kawhi returns. This is their ceiling. And they finish top four. And then they make a, a Western Conference finals or even a finals run. Um, and that's like, you know, that's really optimistic thinking. And then the floor, I've got, you know, the players that we've talked about don't step up. Um, everyone plays for themselves. Kawhi's at 100% when he returns and they sort of finish eighth or ninth and, um, end up missing out on the play in or first round. Yeah. Uh, I completely agree with you guys there. Cause it, this is such a weird one to predict because it entirely hinges on Kawhi coming back one healthy and two actually coming back at like any point. Um, you know, it's, it's like a weird conversation with Kawhi because it's always like the the media perception and, you know, probably there's a degree of truth to it is that no one knows what's going on with him. Um, not to say that, like, um, you guys mentioned before in terms of, like, the chemistry stuff, I, I think part of me what, part of me thinks that, you know, having Kawhi as the best player on a team and, in, you know, in a situation where you don't have a Kyle Lowry to, like, lead the culture, like having him as the culture leader is, like, detrimental in a way, because he's, he's so like, because right. he, yeah, he he does his own thing. He's like he's he turns up in Drake music videos, and like I I worry that like um, also sorry that I don't want to go too far to the point where it's like we're over analyzing everything this this guy does and being like oh yeah because we don't know but yeah yeah exactly because yeah. we we really don't know and it it does seem like he is actually like a really funny guy to be around in the locker room and he has a great personality and like all those really important things as well. But there is also this weird trend that feels like he can't lead the culture of something. Because, um, like, I was listening to Paddy Mills. He was on the JJ Reddick podcast interviewing um, recently, and he was talking about, like, the culture leaders for the Spurs were, like, like um, I guess Paddy Mills was seen as one of those guys. And, like, like, like Manu Ginobili, like, those guys were, like, culture leaders. Um, and Kawhi wasn't, like, he was a part of the culture, but he wasn't, like, leading the culture. Um, so I guess I say all that to say um, we don't, I, I can't, I honestly can't predict where they're going to end up because they could, like like Joey said, they could he could come back and they, lose in the second round or they could go to the like the conference finals or they could just completely tank and he doesn't turn up at all and he doesn't come back till the 2022-2023 season and like either of those options are incredibly valid and incredibly possible and I that's why I, I honestly have no idea where they're going to end up, end up I think also like he doesn't he won't come back unless he's like 100% maybe yeah. I, I don't think he's coming back like to try and like make a playoff push or whatever I think the the only way he comes back is when he's like when he's ready. Yeah, yeah. He, he definitely operates on his own time. Which is fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like exactly. Like once again, like it's it's entirely like his choice, and it's like and I do, as I said, I do worry that you know at points like I'm guilty of this, like over analyzing what he does and overthinking. Oh, is this why they're not good? And like because I, I literally just spoke about it just then. But at the same time there are weird signs. So I just don't know how to feel about him as like a leader of a team as well. I, this is a completely different discussion to like ceiling and basement, but like Kawhi, like I just don't understand him at all. And there's no gauge and no barometer and no history like indicated to be like, oh, he's similar to, you know, he's similar to Magic Johnson in this way. Or for example, and like, and because of that, we know that they're going to be good. Like there is no Kawhi in the, in the history of like the league, I reckon. Yeah, um, no, it's not. So it's, it's hard to refer totally back and, um, and refer and think, this is a good comparison, but yeah, uh, we're going to, um, this is going to be the end of part one of the podcast and we're going to be back after 
with the Warriors, the Kings and the Lakers. So stay tuned. <laughs>